0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: What a beautiful day for horses in the morning.
0: You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida
2: and i'm jamie jennings and i'm in norman oklahoma and you're listening to horses in the morning on the horse radio network for september 16th episode 2520, brought to you today by stateline tech good morning horse people
0: hey you made it to wednesday only three days left till a weekend full of
2: horsey fun lucky for you you have jamie and glenn to get you through on horses in the morning
0: well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, our thoughts are with everybody in the panhandle. I noticed some of our listeners posting that they're hunkered down right now because Hurricane Sally, which was expected to hit at a Category 1 and hit at a Category 2, uh, is just, it's moving. This is a hurricane moving two miles an hour, Jamie.
2: Oh, my goodness. So
0: it's been coming up and raining on them nonstop for 24 hours. They've already had 20 inches of rain in some places in a day, and they're expecting two to three feet before it moves out. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, it's raining. Can we
2: take that and go put it on the West Coast? I know. That'd be great. <laughs> we,
0: that's all we would need. We'd put out every fire on the West Coast right there. Uh, it's just nuts. Uh, but anyway, our thoughts are with uh, everybody in there. And then it, this is going to head over to your old stomping ground too. It's it's going to go over Georgia and hang around for a while and pour down rain. So,
2: and we're going to talk a little bit about Georgia in the weird news segment because a couple of the actual stories came from Georgia. So I'm really pleased and proud uh, <laughs> to have. <laughs> Georgia in the news. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm glad it's not Florida for once. Anyway, I'm
2: sure I could find something.
0: <laughs> Dr. Loving is coming on today, going to speak to us about conditioning your horse and how to measure pro- that progress. And that's in the Horse Nutrition Podcast Health segment. It's Crappy List Wednesday, and Jamie brings us also some weird news. But I have to start today with perhaps the most exciting horse news that has come out in the entire year. Are you ready?
2: Oh, my goodness. Now I'm ready.
0: Well, I am very excited to announce that it's about time that the National Toy Hall of Fame announced its 12 finalists in the running for the toys this year that will be selected. Three of them will be selected to be in the Toy Hall of Fame. And I'm going to go over what they are and tell you why it affects the horse world. Okay? So, Baby Nancy, don't know what that is. Uh, What is Baby Nancy? I have no idea. Bingo is on the list. Bingo is on the list. And uh, that's being voted for by every old person in Florida who plays Bingo. Uh, Jenga is on the list. Light Bright, gosh, you remember Light Bright? They still make that. I don't know. Masters of the Universe, Risk, played a lot of Risk in our day. Sidewalk Chalk. Now, the I don't think of sidewalk chalk as a toy, but I guess it is. Uh, Tamagotchi, don't know what that is. Oh,
2: Tamagotchis were those little egg creatures. Because I was teaching riding lessons at Champagne Run. Hey mom, can you get your phone there so it's not like ringing in the show?
0: <laughs> I was going, is your phone ringing? You never leave your phone on.
2: Oh, it's downstairs. Okay, don't rush down the stairs, Mama. It's okay. <laughs> it'll it'll die. It's fine. Um, tamagotchi was those little eggs. When I was teaching uh, at Champagne Run Farm, all of the the girls that took lessons had to like get their parents to babysit the tamagotchis, tamaguchis, or whatever, because they are like little virtual pets that you would feed. Uh, and there, I mean, this is back when, like, it was like, it looked like a a digital watch. You know, like, I mean, it was <laughs> really pathetic technology, but oh, it was it's on
0: the list for being in the Toy Hall of Fame and then Yahtzee, which, yeah, all of us have played Yahtzee at a time or two. But the reason I'm bringing this story to you is because there's two other things that have been put on the list this year to be voted for the Toy Hall of Fame. Briar horses are one of them so Yay. so there you go and also I, as an
2: adult would never own a bunch of briar horses no. that are staring
0: at me right now from <laughs> no. my desk. and then the other one is my little pony but, okay
2: uh... <laughs> i started thinking about the my little pony edition and i was like okay where is the national toy hall of fame okay it is in rochester new york I now can see if the Briar, I'm sorry, if the My Little Ponies become inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame. Do you think that Rochester, New York, is going to become like the mecca for Bronies to descend upon (laughs) before they die? Bucket list to see their My Little Ponies in the Toy Hall of Fame. Toy
0: Hall of Fame. Well, you know, uh, or think of the
2: hotels (laughs) that are going to get booked. It's going to be amazing.
0: You know what's interesting is people. I wouldn't say you grow out of your briar horses, but you grow out of that phase where they're they're an obsession, like all the kids that go to briar <laughs> sure. fest every yeah, year. Yeah, totally. That'd yeah. be so weird But My Little Pony briars. people never grow out of it, apparently. They just grow up to be bronies.
2: I think that people find My Little Ponies when they're older, whereas <laughs> us
0: briar girls, we stay briar girls. Yeah. So are you going to make a trip to Rochester if it makes it... Uh, I don't know. Breyer has a lot of competition. Uh, sidewalk chalk, for instance. Oh, man. I mean, the stiff competition. <laughs> Yahtzee. Sorry. So apparently 23 members of the National Selection Advisory Committee submit their top three choices, and that's how. they also do a player's choice where the public can vote for their top three favorites. Uh, so that's happening where do right we, now. Where do we go vote know. for I Briar? I think that the uh, national search National Toy Hall of Fame. There must be something on there okay. uh, that would Toy you Hall could vote. Fame.org. All of you would go vote for Briar's uh, to be on the that's list because I doubt the twenty three right there. Okay, is it? You're
2: supposed to select one. Whoa, you can do one vote per day. I just voted for Briars. Boom.
0: I've got them. Well, thank you for not voting for my little pony. I appreciate it. Well, I think that they can wait. (laughs) They can wait. I agree. All right, let's do some Daily Winnie's. They can't wait. Happy birthday to Auditor Joanna Stepka and also to one of our terrific sponsors of the Dressage Radio Show, Wendy Murdoch. I was on her live. She does a live video show, and I was on that last week, too. So happy birthday to you, Wendy. appreciate your support also.
2: Well, I had some drama with the horses in training yesterday and I want to give my daily win out to the owners of Malachi because they are in a just bit talked of a about
0: Malachi on Monday. Yeah.
2: I know he was doing so good and he is doing so good. And I've been on him a couple times and he's really coming along with leading and getting past and he's just doing so well. But I realized when I would go to turn him with the long lines that the second you would put contact with like the left rein, he would fling his head in the air and be very uh, unhappy. So I asked his owners, I said, do you do you have his wolf teeth pulled? No. Okay. Well, we had the equine dentist out last year and she said that he didn't need it. And I was like, well, he's three now and he's got a bridle and he needs his wolf teeth pulled. And so wolf teeth are those little teeth right before, you know, the kind of where the bit sits. Um, and so they have, not every horse has them, but young horses, when they're getting uh, the bridle put in, need to at least be checked for him. And he's never had his teeth floated. So it's time. Uh, so I said, my veterinarian will be happy to come out and do it. And they said, well, no, we have an equine dentist. And I was fairly trepidatious about having an equine dentist come out, but they said they'd used her before and it went great. So, um, they got a fairly quick appointment and the dentist came out and, uh, I was up here doing retired racehorse radio and I dipped down there real quick. Uh, they a fuse in the barn. So I would go in there and I go to put the fuse back. And, uh, I said, does he have wolf teeth? And she goes, yes, he does, but I can't get them. I can't pull them. So I just filed them down. And I was like, wait a second, you have to pull them. You can't leave them in the gums. Uh, I, it's, it, like you, I'm like, it's a really gruesome surgery, I know, but you got to get that little thing and stick it up there and basically kind of crack the teeth down out of there. It's really gross, but I had it done with Zara. I've had it done with every baby horse. They have to have them pulled. Um, yeah, well, I couldn't get them, so I filed them down.
0: Cause they're still there. but
2: they're still there. So I call my vet and I'm like, Hey, um, the equine dentist that they hired, which by the way, I don't recommend. I'll just go on record. Y'all can send me your nasty emails and I'll tell you, this is exactly why the equine dentist couldn't get them out. So I call my vet, which again, don't, I don't use equine dentists. I know you do Glenn, but that's your thing. Yeah, but he's I also a vet. vet.
0: He's a veterinarian, too.
2: Oh, see, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I call the vet, and I'm like, hey, I There's need a of to come out. There's a lot of states
0: where you have to... It- you have to yeah, be a vet, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. And in Oklahoma, you have to be a veterinarian to sedate a horse unless you have purchased and you're under the guy, like w- technically working for a veterinary clinic. So this girl, this lady, brings her son out. She's out there doing the teeth and all this. She files him. Now I call my vet. I'm like, hey, I still need these teeth pulled. What do I do? And she was like, she. She filed them down? And I was like, yeah, she told me she rasped them all the way down so they wouldn't affect. And she was like, oh, God, that's really bad. And I was like, well, why is that really bad? Well, apparently when you file them down, there's nothing to grab a hold of. to Yeah, pull.
0: right, exactly.
2: So now there's little pieces of bone in his gum. And his teeth that are in the gums. And she's like, now the only thing you can do is take him to a surgical facility, lay him down and pull them out.
0: So if so, if they leave him there and just see what happens, what what bad could happen? Or could he just go the rest of his life with them like that? Or will they she grow back? told
2: me <laughs> that they he will never be comfortable with the bridle ever. Because there's basically little fragments of tooth in his gums. And she said he will never be comfortable. She said we need to report her to the veterinary board. We need to, I mean, I was like, I think they should sue her for the the job she did. I mean, it was a terrible, terrible thing. I mean, you would think pulling wolf teeth is like the fundamental reason that you would be an equine dentist. It's like the most basic part of it mind you, the horse was barely sedated fighting the speculum when I was down there. And guess what? He couldn't eat for the next day and a half. So it happened Monday night this morning. He seemed to be comfortable enough to eat. I mean, he is a mess. So I'm like, I can't put a bridle in his mouth again with these teeth. I, I can't willingly cause pain in a horse just to get him trained (laughs) you can't train through pain people that is the main number one thing you cannot train through pain so they are going to have to uh figure out a way to get him to the hospital and have these teeth removed and i'm just so sad for them that they're having to go through this and i'm so angry job
0: now becomes a five thousand dollar
2: job oh no equine dentist did it for a hundred bucks I mean, no, but I meant if they
0: had the vet, if yeah. they had the vet out, it would have been four hundred, and yeah. then and now, it, it's now, now it's like four thousand. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Uh, and again, I think they should go after that dentist for it because there's no way. Anyway, this is the drama that is surrounding my farm right now, and I'm just so devastated for everybody involved, including me, and including the horse that now has to go I've through never heard this. Of that.
0: I bet you, apparently your vet had never heard of that either.
2: Filing so, down the yeah, teeth? No, yeah. I, I'd never heard of it either. And I was like, but, but, the, and again, I only had like three minutes because I was recording at the time, retired racehorse radio and Joy was doing the interview and I was like, I got to run down and they blew the fuse. So I had to run down and get the fuse back on. Um, and Abby was down there with him, but I, I, I feel like a equine professional should know better than that. I don't. Know. I'm just so incredibly sad Are they licensed and in Oklahoma
0: or is it just anybody can do it?
2: Um, yeah, I think what what my vet said, the problem with suing them is that they don't have to have malpractice insurance because they're lay people. Mm. I think you can literally go to like a three-month course and learn how to it. And that's people.
0: why a lot of states have gone to the veterinary route.
2: Well, that is, it was like that in Arizona and Oklahoma has not caught up. And that is another reason why my vet wanted me to report her to the veterinary board, because they're trying really hard to get this illegal because people like this can just come out and sedate your horse, shoot them full of drugs whether or not it's the right amount or not, I mean, I don't think he was sedated enough, which means they fight the speculum, which affects their temporal mandibular joint, their TMJ. I mean, it's a it's a mess. It's a mess. And now she thought, instead of pulling, it, I go, don't you have that little carvey thing that you stick up there and pull it? She's like, mm, I can't get them. I think, like, but he's three. Like he, ha- she was like, maybe next year. I'm like, no, you have to pull them. Now he's wearing a bridle. <laughs> and again, I'm like, I have literally 35 more seconds to talk to you. I have to go. And she's like, do you want to look at him? And she puts a flashlight up in the horse's mouth. And I'm like, and the horse is fighting and awake and just showing the flashlight and pointing it at the back of the throat. And I'm like, that's not where the wolf teeth are. The wolf teeth are over on the side. She's like, well, I filed them down. <sighs> Anyway, Deep so that was my fun Monday and dealing with that on Tuesday. And so I'll keep you guys posted as to what happens because uh, the drama will continue to unfold. And um, yay.
0: And if you're an I'm really sorry for to the send owners. your yeah. email to jennifer at horseradionetwork.com.
2: You know what? You can send them to me because I have questions.
0: <laughs> uh, coming up, uh, Eco Gold, who is the sponsor of Heels Down Happy Hour, one of the popular shows here in the Horse Radio Network, is doing a dressage symposium I wanted to tell you about real quick. It's on Saturday, September 26th. It's virtual from 9 a.m. to 12 uh, noon, and that's Eastern Time. Uh, They have three Olympic riders coming on to talk about dressage stuff. So if you're really into dressage, you're going to want to uh, attend this. They have Jacqueline Brooks, who's doing a uh, talk on understanding biomechanics, the principles of effective riding. And she, of course, is a Olympic rider, they also have, uh, Shannon Duick, who is doing what in the front of the leg really me or what in front of the leg really means, and how to achieve it. They need some punctuation in that. Uh, and she's going to be talking about that. And then they also have a Jordan uh, Gunderson unlocking the secrets of rideability through the levels. So all of that is happening. Again, that's September the 26th. I'll post a link to it on our Horses in the Morning Facebook page and also in our show notes for today's show, uh, where you can go and sign up. Now, it is $195, but... You also, what they're doing is they're giving you an Eco Gold Gold Saddle Pad for free if you sign up for the seminar. Wait,
2: wait, wait. My Eco Gold Saddle Pad was $195. That's exactly
0: right. So basically, you're getting a free seminar with your Eco Gold Saddle Pad. Is, it's is, is,
2: like it's free. So,
0: <laughs> this it's really free. is like it's free, exactly. So, uh, if you would love to sit in on the seminar, they're going to be also answering questions and and doing things with uh, with the people involved. This isn't going to be a large class, so uh, I think she's really hoping for fifty. But you also get the EcoGold saddle pad to go with it. So that's coming up. I'll post links to that, or you can just go to EcoGold.ca. That's the website for EcoGold.
2: Can I just tell you that I'm currently like limping around my house because I became an old person yesterday. Um, I had kickboxing and I just was sitting on my foot and I'm like, Oh God, that hurts. I didn't <laughs> want you to think why. Um, I was, you, you start out jumping rope, like you just, you know, just jump rope for a couple minutes just to warm up. And, uh, some thing happened when I first started jumping rope. And again, you just jump like an inch and a half off the ground, you know, and, I don't know, something in my ankle like popped and I can barely walk.
0: Isn't there a rule horse people don't jump? Isn't that a rule?
2: I really think that that's probably a good idea. (laughs) Or if you're over 40, don't (laughs) jump. Anyway, I'm like, I was just sitting on my foot. I was like, oh, I didn't want you to hear me groan and wonder what was going on. Carry on. Well, Crappy
0: List Wednesday. I found this. Actually, I switched gears here. I was going to do a different list, but uh, this isn't such a crappy list. It's actually a good list. But I wanted to talk to you about it because you've dealt with a lot of people buying horses right now and looking for horses and, (laughs) and all of that. And you've been helping people look for horses. And this was posted by Team CEO Eventing out of Lexington, Kentucky. And they've been on our show before, actually. Um, and they posted this because they they really help hundreds of horses find horses, or 100 people find horses. They uh, They sell horses. They help people find horses. They do both ends of that spectrum. And this is what... They posted, and it's a list on looking for a horse. And this is what they had to say. And I want to see if you dis- agree or disagree with your recent experiences. And they titled it How to Find Your Unicorn. So, one of the first things they said is parameters. Sticking to your parameters is only hurting your search. So, if you say, I really want, uh, you know, I really want the gray gelding that's between 16, 2 and 17 hands and is 5 to 7 years old and is, uh, you know, is completely sound and uh, that's all I'll accept and it's got to be trained to the Grand Prix level, and that's it. Uh, and they they did a correlation here they said that's like looking for a date and the guy you're looking for a guy that's over six feet tall he has blue eyes he has brown hair and then your soulmate shows up and he's only five eleven, and you say no i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna go out with them so
2: on the same on the flip side of that now granted if people come to me and they are looking for a horse i do help people buy horses if they come to me with a color i'm like no we don't shop for color that is not a thing that we do because then you'll compromise on other Well, there's an old saying, God colors. never made a
0: good horse in a bad color, right? I mean, that's yeah, the old saying, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah. And But I do understand having parameters like age and height and all that. But yeah, what they are saying is like, if a horse is, you're looking for one 16 hands and there's one 15, three, then you've ruled out your search, you know? So like, buffer your search on both ends to look for something a little younger, a little older. And yeah, you're going to you're going to make your search harder. But again, do not shop for color. But I mean, you know what? There's some people that like that's their thing. Like I worked for in Arizona, her name is Jen, bless her heart. I love her to death. She came to me and she's like, "I would like to buy a horse." And she is a designer. And my well, yeah, her w- whole
0: life is color.
2: <laughs> uh, it's all color and like design and and she was like, "I want a gray mare that sixteen one, and I would like it to that. I was like, stop. <laughs> I was like, You're not, no, uh, no. Uh, currently, she has a bay horse with not a lick of white on it.
0: How funny how that works. Yeah. Number two on this list was asking the wrong questions. When people call about horses, I tell them what kind of rider he needs and what the horse wants to do for a living. And this is what you do, yet people still try, try and take horses and make them into something they're not, right? I mean, it's still a big problem with people buying horses. And usually if so, if they've worked with somebody like CEO Venting or you, you kind of got to feel where this horse is going to go and what's it going to be good at and what it's not going to be good at. I um, mean, people
2: have come out to try horses and they I'm like I yeah this is not going to work very quickly or they call and they say they're looking for a horse that could get, is going to do this and I'm uh, the horse that I have for sale you know i know the horse i know what job it's going to do you know what also sucks is that people kind of criminalize people selling horses yeah. not everybody selling a horse is doing it because they want to get rid of the horse yeah not everybody's like, a
0: dealer uh, a bad dealer let's i say like selling
2: horses because i like training horses i like educating them and finding them a their their career path i can't keep everyone and show everyone and do all the things i actually prefer to train them and there are people like that So look for good people when you are buying for horses.
0: This is an interesting one, and I like like what she says here, uh, wrong priorities. I always teach my students this lesson. My keeper horse is a four-year-old was the worst mover in the barn. Choppy trot, canter like a tractor, uh, pads on his feet, and some seriously unimpressive knees. I pulled him out of the stall for you at a sales appointment at four years old. You would have told me to put him away. He then won three events as a five-year-old, and he went on to be her best horse. Uh, So she says, unless you're trying to literally win the Olympics, you don't need the best mover in the barn. And I love this next sentence. This next sentence makes me so happy. Find the horse that makes you smile, that you want to ride every day, the one that you can train.
2: Yeah, the one. It's 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 that's very true. Uh, Especially most people, you know, the first priority should be something safe, something that is not going to hurt you, because if it hurts you then and, and then you're not going to want to ride it fire. every
0: day right i mean yeah, that's exactly. what it's, yeah it comes back to that right it it does um now that doesn't mean you're going to you know that there's not a horse out there that like you're working with the horses that aren't perfect when they come and you're helping them get beyond their their issues. Well, they're trainable. But, yeah. Horses
2: can be trained. That's the great thing about it. Um, I, I looked at a horse for somebody, a client, and the girl had posted on social media her like whole entire journey of two years with this horse. And he was a monster at the beginning. And by the time I took this client out to see him, he was great. And, I'm, and and she was like, well, I know we're Facebook friends, and you saw, and I was like, girl, you trained it. Like, you got through all that. Somebody had to get through it, and she got through it all, and the horse was, was awesome for this kid.
0: There you go. All right, so I love that sentence. I think that sentence should be uh, put in front of everybody shopping for a horse. I'll say it again. Find the horse that makes you smile, that you want to ride every day, the one you can train. I, I like that one. Man, you're going to really, really relate to this one. Maintenance. Uh, The number of people who put in search ads, absolutely no maintenance. Or ask me if he has to wear shoes. (laughs) So Mm. you're telling me if I can find the perfect unicorn that will make you happy for the rest of his life and that it will never need anything, that's the one you want. Uh, Yeah. Um, Every horse needs maintenance (laughs) of some kind at some point. It's yeah. just going to happen.
2: I mean, maintenance uh, is including teeth floating, wolf teeth pulling, vaccines shoes if needed, horseshoes, <laughs> foot trimming, yeah. uh, all the things, and that's just the basics. So, um, I really uh, did. You see the video? So, uh, what what you're talking about? You're referring to for people that didn't hear it is I sold Drax. And Drax just came back to me because they said, when you ask him to go any faster than a walk, he pins his ears and gets really angry. And I'm like, that is not this horse at all. And they bring him back and I get him out of the trailer and his feet are nubs. His front feet are gone, like they're tiny. And I'm like, what happened to his shoes? Oh, well, we decided we wanted him to be barefoot. So, um, we've been filing down his feet every two weeks to try to get rid of those nail holes. What? <laughs> He's a 16 three hand thoroughbred that has tiny feet anyway. And then you pull the shoes and I had already told them, you know, five out of the seven horses I own are barefoot. Uh, just the ones that need shoes get shoes. So he needed shoes. So we put shoes on him and I told him he needs shoes and, uh, they, they brought him back and I ended up buying him back. Well, Abby rode. He got shoes. Some miracle. My farrier was able to tack some shoes on him and, um, Lo and behold, Abby did, rode him yesterday and he was like magic. It was like magic. He's like, oh, it was forward and big and nice and collected and just feeling good. So yeah, um, your horse is, you know, look at the horse that you have or that you want. Look at the horse and decide what they need. And if you need that, do that. If you don't need that, don't do that. You know what? This horse scares me a little bit. I can fix it at home. Somebody told me that one time. I was like, they were riding the horse and, and I, I trot and, and the horse starts trotting and they were like, oh, about to fall off. And I was like, okay, I think this is a little too much. No, no, no. We have a trainer. The husband was actually on the ground. He's like, we have a trainer. Cause okay, <laughs> well, but it doesn't really matter because like she can't ride the horse right now. Like this is not, no, 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 it'll be fine. We would really like to have him. We'll we have spend a tens of
0: thousands of dollars on the trainer. <laughs>
2: And I was like, but no, because this horse is not like this is going to go down the wrong path. By the way, that was somebody that was interested in Drax. And they messaged me yesterday. We've been taking lessons. We're much better now. Is he still for sale? I didn't write back.
0: (laughs) Uh, the other thing they talk about is vetting the horses. And, uh, you know, this is a misconception, too. Uh, uh, they've been talking a lot about this on the sales and breeding episode here every month on Horses in the Morning, because they have a vet on every month talking about the vetting process. And uh, what he said is, every time we vet a horse, our job is to find something wrong. We will find something wrong with a horse. Because no horse is perfect. We're going to find something wrong. It's your job to decide... Is that something wrong going to affect what I want to do with this horse? so don't be surprised there's no perfect vet vetting out there every horse especially when you're talking about OTTBs they're going to have an issue of some sort it's whether you can live with that issue for what you want the horse to do or what the horse is capable of doing so I think that a lot of people go in thinking that the vet you know when they get it vetted it has to be perfect it's do never going to be perfect
2: yeah. do I love riding this horse enough to manage whatever the issue yes. that it has is yeah. you know what I wouldn't pass a vet look
0: at me. (laughs) Yeah, and I certainly wouldn't. My God, (laughs) neither one of us are going to pass a vet, that's for sure. No, but
2: I'm pretty darn friendly and safe. And people tolerate (laughs)
0: us every morning. So look at that. I know, it's weird. (laughs) All right, let's talk about state line tech, and then we're going to get to our horse health report. Uh, I was over on state line this morning, and one of the things I saw over there is, believe it or not, did you know what date it is? It's September the sixteenth. Do you know what that means? Another two months, it's going to be freaking cold in a lot of places. So right now, over on State Line, they have uh, brought in uh, the winter blankets and turnouts. Oh no! Yes, they're here. So and they have some of them on sale already. So you can go over there. You can find a bunch of tough one stuff. You can find Weather Beta. You can find Rambo all the different rhino, uh, all the different types of blankets there right now. If you want to get an early start, if you're looking at your blankets from last year and they didn't survive, then head on over right now. They have one, two, eight pages of blankets on here.
2: Oh, Miles, the Andalusian needs a blanket. Oh, and more
0: shopping! Yeah, there you go. And colors seem to be in this year. There's a lot of colors. Now, usually I get a preview of all the blankets because we go to the trade shows, but there were no trade shows this year, so I didn't get to see all the pretty colors and everything. Pessoa has some great colors out, uh, I, and we're talking everything from lightweight uh, sheets all the way up to heavyweight blankets that you get when you live in Alaska. Uh, but you f- will find them all right now at Stateline Tech, and you're going to get an early look at at the complete season of blankets that's coming up. They have all different sizes, too, from from little tiny ponies and minis all the way up to draft horses. But it's that time to start thinking about that. Head on over to Statelinetech.com right now. There's a big banner on the homepage uh, where you'll find all different price points as well. But they seem to have them all on sale for around twenty to thirty five percent off. Statelinetech.com
2: of course I like the best ones. This weather be to comfetech with the neck already on them. Uh, oh, so nice.
0: Yes. You get pretty cold there now, so blankets are a little different story than when you lived in Arizona.
2: And the, it, what happens is it's cold and rainy. So if you have a regular blanket, then, you know, the, their necks get wet and the water just runs down their yep. chest. So I've started buying those Comfitec with the necks are like the, the, the necks can't even be removed. They're not even detached. The, the necks, Comfitecs
0: just- work, too. Some of the ones that have the necks, the water still goes down the neck.
2: Yeah, you know. yeah, these were they're, they're all one thing. I love these, and here's the problem: is that I believe it was horse lovers that had them on sale a couple years ago, and they only had one color. So I bought every one of my horses a blanket,
0: all in different sizes of the same color. Ah, and that now, sucks. son
2: of a, <laughs> I'm like, which one? Who? Uh, Who's this to one? You need spray
0: paint on the side. <laughs>
2: And one of our listeners actually sent me little name tags, but they've come off by now. It's <laughs> not were a couple enough. Years you need ago. big
0: spray paint on the side. <laughs> it's a great
2: idea. Just
0: spray paint the number eighty two, eighty-six.
2: <laughs> yeah. I took a sharpie and I like wrote on it, but I'm pretty sure it's gone by now.
0: <laughs> you need some graffiti on those blankets. I'm like
2: somebody is pink, somebody is purple, somebody needs like unicorn <laughs> yeah. patterns. I don't know. All the things.
0: Today's Horse Health Report is brought to you by the Horse Nutrition Podcast on the Horse Radio Network. The Horse Nutrition Podcast covers topics you will love, and it highlights the world's most extraordinary horses, how they're trained, and what kind of nutrition they're given. It's part of the Purina's Full Rain documentary series. Go to Mills.com slash Rain to see them all. The latest episode is all about uh, vaulting horses, so you'll find that on there, and you can find it also on any podcast player. Now, Jennifer had a chance to catch up with Dr. Dr. Loving, who's been on our show before, she's out of Colorado, and they talked about, ironically, one of the things that you do have to worry about when you're showing your horses or out doing anything with them, and that's conditioning. So they got into depth talking about conditioning, and we're going to take a listen to that. And we got more coming on after that. Uh, We got some weird news. We also have a special guest, Charlotte, our para rider extraordinaire, Charlotte, our friend who got a new pony. Just did another show over the weekend, so I thought what we'd do today, with all the bad news going on, is have Charlotte on to lighten our day up, because she's just having the best time with this new horse. That's coming up as well. Here we go.
1: And I'm so happy to welcome back to the show Dr. Nancy Loving from the Loving Equine Clinic in Boulder, Colorado. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you all doing? And we're all doing great here. As fall approaches... Many parts of the country are gearing up for the fall finals. Some parts of the country and some disciplines are gearing up for the beginning of their seasons. Um, like, for example, here in Florida, the, the season really starts in the fall. So we start to think about the condition of our horse. And maybe we've been riding them regularly for the past four months, but what kind of condition they are. And, and I think today I want to ask you about what is condition and conditioning, because I think it's a confusing term.
3: Okay. Well, first of all, if you're talking about condition, that often refers to body condition, and that's pretty much the body weight of the horse. And there is a scale, the Henneke scale, that measures from one to nine, nine being profoundly obese and one being just air, just left with ribs. So that's completely different. Conditioning is all about developing your horse's fitness and musculoskeletal strength and um, that, that is a program that takes strategy and it takes time and time in terms of years in some cases, depending on the sport you're pursuing.
1: So what systems does conditioning address that um, schooling over fences or practicing shoulder ends or um, teaching your horse a barrel pattern doesn't what What are we talking? About? Is it their? Is it just their musculoskeletal system, or are there other things involved too?
3: Oh, there's, there's everything. It's an entire integrated system um, of all organ systems in the body to be able to develop conditioning. And I think the, the examples you gave, um, going over jumps or whatever, uh, those are training exercises. And what that does is, is it develops the horse's. Um, It develops their neurologic system and their musculoskeletal system to do those tasks, but it also is more about their skill level, particularly with the rider on their back. Uh In contrast, conditioning is all about the actual physiological changes that take place by developing fitness. It's no different for people, really, when you think about um, getting in shape, and you're not going to go, you know, here in Colorado, you're not going to go climb a 14,000-foot peak um, in the mountains if you don't have some kind of muscle strength. In horses, what you're doing is developing each system, and they all take different amount of time. For instance, the cardiovascular system may be developed to a pretty good place in three to four months in contrast to something like the ligaments and tendons, which take six to 12 months, and bone t- can take as much as two years to develop the peak fitness. So Interesting. people have to be committed and uh, you have to really start out with building a strong foundation. I mean, it sounds very obvious, but it, it's sometimes people miss these steps and then the horse develops injuries.
1: Yes. And they're, they're all too common, unfortunately. So you, you talk about a, a plan is important and uh, does every discipline have a different plan, or do all disciplines start out at the basic level with the same plan, and then they branch off after that?
3: Yeah, I mean, the first step is to develop uh, what people have historically referred to as legging up. So you want the horse to be able to develop their uh, leg strength and all their elasticity in their tendons and ligaments that aren't very elastic in the first place, but you want all those tissues to be able to take the punishment of moving over ground. And so we start with a program called long, slow distance conditioning, and that basically is just what it says. It's, as the horse gets more and more fit, you go longer periods of time under under saddle, and there's not a whole lot of speed involved. Um, you're trying to get the heart rate up to a certain point, which with aerobic conditioning for non-sprint sports would be trying to get the heart rate up between 130 and 150 beats per minute. And that starts to develop the cardiovascular system. So not only does that help fuel the muscles with blood and oxygen, it also helps develop the skin system so that it can sweat properly and relieve the heat that incur- is incurred with musculoskeletal activity.
1: Really? I never thought about that. Interesting. Yeah. You say that you can actually condition the body to sweat efficiently and effectively.
3: Yes, absolutely. You, what happens is you open up more capillary beds, you may... Not only are there more in number, but they're more in size. Um, the enzyme systems in the body that that optimize the use of fuel, which in this case is food, um, learn how to use that fuel in the presence of oxygen, and that gives the horse stamina. For sprint sports, they need to be taught how to use their fuel in the presence of no oxygen, which is called anaerobic uh, metabolism. And there are a lot of byproducts that come with the anaerobic metabolism, so it's good for the horse's system to learn how to get rid of those metabolites as quickly as possible. Things like lactic acid, for example, that drives fatigue. So each sport is different, but the starting point is to develop a strong base, and I mean literally a base, and strong legs, a good heart output, um, in addition to all the training exercises that a person does to develop their skill set.
1: So... Is there, any, is there any predictor as to how long it takes to get a horse, I'm going to use my air quotes, conditioned? Is, or is it completely dependent upon the individual horse and his discipline? Or are there parameters or generalizations you can make?
3: There are generalizations, but you have to look at several factors. One is um, the breed of the horse and what your sport's going to be that you're going to pursue you need to look at the uh, weather conditions of where you live for instance florida's hot and humid colorado's you know can be hot and dry and the horse has to develop different kind of uh, ability to dissipate excuse me, to dissipate heat um, you have to look at the rider weight compared and tack and equipment compared to the size of the horse the terrain they move over so there are many different factors You can make some generalizations, though, that you should plan if you do a regular uh, long slow distance starting point, that that's going to take three to six months to develop that horse. It also has to take into account the horse's age and also if they've done any other kind of athletics before you put them into this other pursuit that you're going to look out for um, excelling in. Uh, So there are individualized programs that you're going to have to tackle You can't just say, oh, well, I'm going to pull my horse out of the barn. hasn't done anything. He's, uh, you know, 500 pounds overweight. You know, I'm making up a number. But the horse is overweight, and that horse is going to take longer to develop uh, the condition than a horse that's already been doing some athletics and is in good body condition.
1: So if you've got a horse that is in, regular but light exercise you ride two or three times a week and you ride around the arena and you jump some jumps here and there and you go for trail rides on weekends sometimes but your horse is not in a conditioning program um at what is is it a good idea if you're going to get serious about a conditioning program to have your regular veterinarian come out and get sort of a starting point so that if things go awry three months later that you can compare here between what's going on now and what was going on then
3: yeah, that's an excellent point, Jennifer, because I, I really recommend to everybody, especially during your, in most parts of the temperate part of the United States, you're going to have your vet out for spring shots. And that's a good time to have that person evaluate the horse's soundness so that you have a starting point. Because otherwise, if something develops, say, you know, instead of, if you hadn't looked at the horse in March or April when you're doing spring shots, and now we're into June or July and there's something not right, it's going to be very difficult to determine whether that was something that was simmering along back in the spring or had it been there longer. So if you can have your vet put eyeballs on that horse twice a year, it will really save you a lot of aggravation and frustration to be able to track down a musculoskeletal problem.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And one final question. When you've got a fitness program, you've got your horse, I'm going to use my air quotes again, he's fit. It's competition season. Is getting the horse fit a straight line? Does he get fitter and fitter and fitter and fitter and fitter and fitter and fitter? fitter? Or is he get fit and then you have to give him time off and then you have to get him fit throughout the season when it comes to conditioning?
3: Well, no, I mean, here's the thing. Horses like people need time off and they don't, they don't decondition as quickly as we do. Of course they don't.
1: I hate that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no.
3: If we're sick and we, or we just sit on our couch for three weeks, we're going to decondition, but a horse can take, you know, four to six weeks at least to decondition. So if that horse needs a little bit of a rest for a strain or sprain or a little bit of something going on, then you can pretty much bring them back to work at full speed within two or three weeks. You know, you go back to a little bit slower and shorter program. But um, it's better not to run your horse into the ground. And I think people think that more is better. But once you get a horse to a peak level for athletic competition, you just want to keep them tuned up. You don't want to take endurance horses, for example. Once a horse is really fit to do 50- or 100-mile rides, you don't have to keep running them into the ground on 30-mile rides, training rides. You need to just keep them at a point. Otherwise, their musculoskeletal system is going to suffer injury. And that can be said for any sport, whether it's um, barrel racing or reining or roping. You know, these horses are just putting a tremendous load on their hawks. And you have to save those structures, so you don't want to overdo it. So it's better to try to do versatile training so that you get out there, like endurance horses should do Cavaletti work. They should do arena work. They they don't have to just get out there and just hammer through the miles, trotting, 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 canter. So mix it up. Make them a generalist. Give them other opportunities to use their brain and develop new skill sets. A dressage horse should get out on the trail, for instance. So these are all good things. helps with their mental abilities, too.
1: So make sure when you're m- creating your conditioning plan, you take into take into account skills that he needs to know, for example, the barrel pattern or how to do a five-stride mm-hmm. line, and also their mental health in addition to their physical soundness.
3: Can you imagine just going around and around and around in an arena forever and never <laughs> have- <laughs> So they go from the stall to the arena for an hour and then they go back to the stall or maybe they have a little paddock and the lucky ones get turned out to pasture. So it's great to do cross-training. These horses do so much better. They can look out on the big, the big expanse of the world if they go out on a trail or they do some Cavaletti work. I mean, this, is, this makes a great dressage horse. It builds their core, it builds their haunches, and, and their mental state is much more amenable to training.
1: Perfect. And one final question, what is interval training? Because that's something you hear about a lot when people talk about conditioning their horses.
3: Right. Interval training is going to be, you're going to start out with like a long, slow distance program and then some strength training, which incorporates hills or some kind of resistance activity that the horse has to push against. And then interval training is where you put some speed into it and certainly a sprint horse is going to need that, but an endurance horse needs it too because if you do 50 or 100 miles of trail, you're going to have fatigue set in, and if the interval training teaches the tissues to deal with lactic acid and all those anaerobic metabolites we just discussed. If you want more complete information on this, I have written an an entire book on, on conditioning called Go the Distance, and even though it's a complete resource for endurance horses or endurance sports, it still has much applicability to all other equestrians.
1: Well, yeah, having having done itsy-bitsy limited distance baby-sized endurance rides and having also been a fox hunter and an eventer and done some show hunters, I can totally see how conditioning for those initial lower levels of endurance is really the same as conditioning a horse that's going to be doing fox hunting or a horse that's going to be doing lower level eventing. That base is very, very similar amongst the lot. So the name, the title of the book again is
3: Go the Distance. And that's by Nancy Loving.
1: Nancy Loving. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Nancy Loving, for stopping by and helping us out with what conditioning is today.
3: You bet. My pleasure.
0: Well, thank you to Jennifer for putting that together. And, of course, this health segment was brought to you by the Horse Nutrition Podcast and the Horse Radio Network, now in their third season. Each show highlights some of the world's most extraordinary horses, how they're trained, and what kind of nutrition they're given to help fuel their performances. Episodes this year, including Training Hollywood Movie Horses, Therapy Horses Helping Veterans, and an inside look at charl horsemanship. It's all part of Purina's Full Rain documentary series. Go to purinamills.com slash Rain to see all the films in Interviews and podcasts. Also wanted to mention before we get to weird news, get that weird news ready, there, Jamie. Uh, before we get to weird news, uh, our friend Neil, who's also our editor for many, many years on the show, has started a new online store called Toma Gear. It provides men with affordable luxury watches, sunglasses, bracelets, and more. Toma's collection is carefully curated, and many of the products are unisex, so you can buy them too if you're if you're needing one for yourself. But if you have a birthday. Coming up, or you want to get your, your hubby something really nice for Chris, Christmas, then Toma Gear is the place to look. Uh, they have brands like Diesel, Gas, Citizen, and Casio. I got a couple of them already because I like watches. And uh, they're, they were like $49 and they're really nice watches. So they have outdoor ones and more rugged ones, uh, whatever you need, they have it there. They have a discount right now for our listeners. HRN15 gets you 15% off the entire store. Go to shop com. That's Shoptoma.com. Are you there, Jamie? That was your cue for jumping in on weird news. And I don't have Jamie. I'm right here. Oh, you're back. All right. Sorry about that. Oh my God! That. You
2: muted me. I've been trying to talk the whole time. That Toma Gear. I looked at the website, and I'm pretty sure that stuff is hot. <laughs> he knows well, I hope not. I own a couple now. <laughs> I'm like, why is that so affordable? It's
0: strange. <laughs> I know. Sorry about that. I had you muted and didn't even realize it.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, the first weird news. I start over. Give me my music. Okay. I would like to thank Nicole for sending me this, although I'm not sure I would like to thank her because it's so disturbing. Weird news. We're going to head to Tennessee first, Glenn. We're going to go to La Follette, Tennessee. A La Follette woman. I'm just going to read the first sentence and you can do what you want with it. Okay. Oh, wait, no, I, I'm read a little more. <laughs> a La Follette woman has been charged with public intoxication after police said she was found... Chewing on a miniature horse's mane while topless near Summer's Road last week.
0: (laughs) A lot going on there. There's a lot going on there.
2: All that in from that one (laughs) sentence. Um,
0: That's all I needed. I have the full visual in my mind.
2: She's messed up. She's (laughs) topless. She's chewing on a miniature horse's mane who must have been really tolerant. She told deputies that. This horse's hair is made of Laffy Taffy and airhead candies. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's...
0: My uh, guess is my visual of what this woman looks like is not what this woman looks like.
2: Um, People admitted to deputies... Are you sitting down? Are you ready for this? (laughs) I'm going to drop the bomb. She admitted to deputies that she had taken methamphetamines.
0: No, (laughs) really? (laughs)
2: The homeowner also reported to deputies that she had been eating grass f- and dirt from a fenced in area oh. where there are horses. Oh
0: great. Yeah.
2: Why she true. was topless and made uh, her way need to the need farm. Your fiber. <laughs> God, no. But um I can't now, thank you enough for sending me that.
0: I will say that we've all eaten a lot of horse hair, but it's not been intentionally.
2: It doesn't taste like like candy.
0: No, it does not.
2: It does not <laughs> taste like laffy taffy. And I'm head. guessing I that the air.
0: grass where they go to the bathroom is not going to taste like candy
2: either. Uh, <laughs> hey, if anything, here's your lesson: don't yeah. do meth.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good lesson.
2: Oh, you played the music. Yeah, yeah. Play it again. Okay. Come on. Now this time we're going to head to Georgia. And all of this is on video. So you can actually, just so you know, I don't make this stuff up. (laughs) This is in Georgia, in Douglas County, which is just west of Atlanta, very close to Atlanta. Uh, The Douglas County Sheriff's Office said an unnamed deputy was serving civil papers at a home during the encounter. Now, typically, she will leave her car door open as she sometimes has to, like, quickly retreat from vicious dogs in the past, you know, so she has like (laughs) jump in the car. So, um, never, she did not expect to go back into her car to leave and find a goat. In the front seat of her vehicle with a mouthful of her papers. So basically, while she had left her car door open to serve the papers, a goat jumped in and ate all of her paperwork from the day's activities, I guess. <laughs> um, then it jumped out, headbutted her on the knees and <laughs> knocked her down and took off with her papers.
0: I saw this video. There were papers everywhere. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's amazing. Just so you know, I can't make this stuff up.
0: <laughs> That's a day she'll never forget. Oh, she got razzed. Do you know when she got back to the station? Oh, my God. The uh, kind they of did say them. that
2: at the end, you know, even though she was knocked to the ground, she was not physically harmed in the incident. And at the end of the day, we all got a little laugh out
0: I of bet they did. <laughs> I bet you did. She but has nicknames she now we it. can't even say on the show. <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly. Okay, Let's head up to uh, Maryland River in Annapolis. You know
0: they call her butthead, right? I mean.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Butthead it is. Um, Police in Maryland, okay? We're getting phone calls. This is super creepy. There was reports of a casket bobbing up and down in the river as, as people were driving their boats by, okay? And this is the Maryland River, Okay. And people are calling freaking out because there is a casket floating down the river, bobbing up and down. And um, – so, I mean, the, the, it even went out on the a local radio station was like, there's a casket in the South River. It's a tributary of the Chesapeake Bay near Annapolis. And so they sent all their resources. The Department of Natural Resources police were dispatched to the river where they did a hydrographic operation team to go out and get The casket out of the water. And looking at the video of this, it looks like a casket that's been buried for quite some time. So they pull it to the edge of the river. And what did they discover?
0: I don't know. Would you have wanted to open that door?
2: No! (laughs) But it wasn't a casket. It was that somebody's dock had fallen in the water and was covered in mold. (laughs) It literally looks like a casket. It is. Look at that, Chad. It looks like a casket. It is a like an old like stair-steppy like metal like concrete thing. Why it was floating, I don't know, but it legit looks like a casket floating in the river in the, the whole city. I know we have listeners up in that area. So um y'all let me know if you'd heard about this and what you what you thought about it. <laughs> it's a, a concrete slab, they said resembling a coffin, sparked complaints of a possible hazard Ugh. in the water. I don't know,
4: maybe a hazard like a
2: carcass? <laughs> Just a and million. you do
0: the, the place you hear about that is New Orleans, Louisiana, where they bury everybody above ground, exactly. and then it floods. <laughs> That's Can where you hear about it. Just be
2: a reminder to everybody: save your family and some money and some trouble, and just get cremated and spread somewhere pretty, because <laughs> you don't want to be the body that they find in the Maryland River, floating up and down, and have the whole city freak out. Nobody wants to be like.
0: <laughs> and we're having three feet of rain in that area where those caskets are right now. So there exactly.
2: you go. Yeah. one more, one more, Oh, uh, one you. more. Okay, good.
0: You got some fun ones today. (laughs) All I can picture, though, is that topless lady chewing on a mane.
2: (laughs) You can't make that up. Um, I would like to now head up to Patterson, New Jersey. That's right. We have a lot of New Jersey listeners as well. And a woman spotted as she was, I think, just driving slowly down the neighborhood, Uh, she spotted an emu. (laughs) There was an emu running down the road in a New Jersey, Northern city, Patterson, New Jersey. A woman spotted the long legged bird called animal control. Animal control comes out. This is a four foot tall emu and they are not certain whether, and I love the line in this. Officials were not sure whether the bird had escaped from a farm or was just running out in the wild. How many emus in the wild are there in New Jersey but they're like you know what it could have been just in the wild I have really never seen emus. an
0: emu in the wild to be honest
2: uh, chief animal control officer John DeCando told the newjersey.com the emu appeared healthy he could not determine its age or sex but quote I can tell you it needs a bath <laughs> they had to like cram it into like a dog crate i don't know it was like and again there's video and photos of this emu stuffed into a dog crate (laughs) i I can
0: tell you we have a big emu farm here it's actually right across the street from the new world equestrian center here in ocala
2: oh that should be fun
0: and it's uh, there must be a hundred of them out there and i have to be honest they all look like they need a pen (laughs) okay i you know you and i we're animal people i wouldn't be able to tell the sex of an emu either but,
2: I went to yeah. the ostrich farm in Salt and Buellton. It's right. It's really close to Monty's place. And I took Lucas. And um, let me remind you, just as a public service, never go to an emu farm or an ostrich farm to feed the animals after they get three inches of rain. <laughs> oh, oh, God, it was so gross. Lucas never, he was like, do I have to give them the rest? I was there like, is- just throw it over the fence and run.
0: <laughs> there is nothing that smells worse than than uh, birds. It's, oh, you know, chicken God. farms are awful. I mean, it's they like smell three awful. Inches yeah. of mud uh,
2: and ostrich <laughs> poop, and there's emus out there. It was just, uh, it was gross. And I'm, like you said, I'm an animal person. Here, uh, let's there
0: cleanse go. everybody here. here. There. Now we're cleansed of that thought. I'm just <laughs> glad they didn't find the lay, topless lady chewing on an emu. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs>
2: God. That does not taste like uh, Laffy Taffy. <laughs>
0: All right, coming up next, we want to end today on a positive note, and we're bringing back, we kind of follow her progress here. She's been coming on the shows for years and years and years. She's a good friend of ours, lives here in Ocala, and she's one of the top para-riders in the United States, and she spent two years finding a horse, and she found one, and apparently it's working out quite well, because she was at another show over the weekend, and we're going to find out how that went. We're going to call Charlotte up here. Charlotte Merrill-Smith. Also, an auditor and alumni of two Horse Lovers Cruises.
2: And she's delightful. Yes. Let's just be honest. And she
0: works at a kennel, so you might hear dogs. Because uh, she's at work today. If she answers. Because the dogs might be so loud, she doesn't even hear the phone ringing. No, I can get my mom's phone ringing if you want. <laughs> Put that on the show. Yeah, we already had that once today. <laughs> Come on, Charlotte. You're supposed to be on the show.
2: Bless her heart. She got so frantic. I'm like, don't hurt yourself.
0: Charlotte, are you there?
4: Hi, this is Charlotte. Oh, I'm we a got call. our answer. message, and I'll
0: call you back. All right. Well, we'll we'll give her a try here in another minute. We'll try. Okay, if you Bella want, I can
2: do Charlotte. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. How was your show this weekend, Charlotte?
2: Oh my God, I love Gigi. She is the best, and I'm going to do her a little more animated because typically she's not very animated. She gets a little bit nervous being on the show. Um, so I'll be. I'll I'll do Charlotte. Charlotte. Glenn, um, Gigi came out and was in the show and got a 70 point, 72.2 and the grade three individual test. And here's what I actually hear in my brain. Oh my God. I love my pony. She's so wonderful. She's so pretty. Uh, name is Gigi. We had a 72.2 and I've been doing horse shows and I'm absolutely in love with like my pony and like everything is so perfect. And I am glad that I waited three years to find the exact perfect horse. Uh, even though shopping was hard and going through all of it, I am so glad that I waited and found my perfect unicorn.
4: And she's gray.
0: Oh, I was just going to okay. say, good morning. good morning, Charlotte. How are <laughs> you? I'm
4: <laughs> um, well, thanks. How are you guys doing?
0: Good. Uh, Jamie just described your whole weekend. Uh, we, we we couldn't get you the first time, so she played you, and it sounded like you had a great time.
4: Oh, that's so cool. I'm, I'm glad we have that
2: connection. <laughs> yes, um, Jamie and I. Oh my God, Charlotte, your horse is so pretty and I just love it so much. So please tell me everything about like this past weekend. I have to know.
4: Well, it was great. She's, um, she's really fun. She definitely got a little more spice than the last horse, but I need that, you know, for the top level. Um, but she's just, it's just really fun. That's, I mean, that's the best thing about riding. Right.
0: Fun. What? what's Remind us what make and model she is.
4: <laughs> <laughs> she is a 16-3-hand Royal Dutch warm-blood mare. Uh-huh. um Royal. Nine years old. Well, yeah, I learned, I didn't even know this, but a KWPN, I mean she's Royal.
0: Oh, wow. Ooh, that sounds fancy. Do you have to bow every time she comes in yeah. the room? Well,
4: I just had to say... My head is always below her head, so I'm okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> good, good point, Charlotte. So, so you went to a show this weekend? What a seventy-two again and a grade three test.
4: Yep. Yeah. That's pretty so, cool. um It was really fun, and there's some definitely some places that I can, the places where I can got nailed are easy to fix or not easy, but they're fixable. What's it's your piloting errors.
0: What's her strong point? What's her strong points? Where does she do really well? Where are you getting the sevens and eights?
4: Um, her consistency is really good. And one of the coolest things is that her halts are really good. <laughs> um, and she really, uh, she brings her briefcase to the ring. Like she knows when you go up the center line, you want to feel like you want to think medium up the center line. That's what Janet Foy told me. Um, and so that it's like, boom, here we are, sort of thing. Um, so she's very good at just. I don't know, I don't even know well, that I don't makes know sense because Charlotte.
0: she's royal. And when royalty <laughs> walk in the room, you know, they're in the room. And that's what you here's want to what do. what I want
2: you to do. Well, Most people will yeah. go up the center line, Charlotte, and like do their medium trot and like halt. But you're coming in the center line like medium trot. And then boom. What I want you to do instead of salute is I want you to have a microphone and drop it.
4: Just drop the mic, girl. You're here. Now, you know, next time I do that, because as a para, I, I only salute with my head because I have two whips in my hand, so I can't do that. Um, so I knock, I just nod my head. The so next time, I'm gonna think of my head on your mat and go boom. There yeah, you go, girl.
0: <laughs> Either yeah. that or teach the horse the curtsy while you're on it, and just come up and curtsy. Well, you're...
4: Royalty doesn't curtsy, well, Glenn. Oh, that's
0: true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's
4: right.
0: They get curtsy, no, too. Just, it, 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 I
4: always have a smile on my
0: face because it's just fun. I'm, I'm so glad. You spent so much time. We lived through the years oh, that in, Charlotte was looking for a horse.
4: <laughs> so. Yeah.
0: So does this mean that your weightlifting career your your has gone by the wayside now in favor of being back to the horses?
4: Well... So if I was had all the energy in the world, I would be going to doing both because I could do the gym before work and work then ride, but that's not working out the well. So yeah, I haven't been crossfitting for really at all.
2: Yeah. Crossfit is, don't, um,
4: don't it's, tell. A,
2: it's a hundred percent commitment. I mean, it's a lifestyle people to do CrossFit. So I, I think per- personally riding horses is way better. So good call.
4: Well, that I'm, I'm having a good time. So far, so good.
0: Yay. Well, I'm excited for you. We're going to see you in the Olympics someday with this horse. Actually,
4: I'm going to go in the Paralympics. Okay.
0: okay. Well. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll give you Same
4: that. thing. Same <laughs> thing. I'm
0: sorry. They're at the same time. It's the Olympics. We're going to. We're going we're gonna... to. No, it's
4: always. It's always two weeks after the regular Olympics in the same venue because
0: it's parallel to the regular Olympics. Ah, got it. Well, you're going to be there. Does this horse going to take you there? Okay. Is this a Grand Prix horse?
4: Yeah, I'd like to. Well, yeah, sure. Good. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Well, and it's a little smaller than her last one. She said sixteen three. I think her last one was like nineteen two. Um. You-
4: no, he was. He was almost eighteen hands. Yeah. <laughs> you,
0: yeah. You had to lower the so ramp he- to get to, to get on this well, one.
4: <laughs> they did make the smaller ramp. And it's funny because I'll be doing going through my test in the area and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm already around that circle. My other horse would be like, okay, Karen, turn, turn, turn. And EG is now like, boom, all done. It's like a whole sports car.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you traded your, your station wagon in for a sports car. And thank you for uh-huh. joining us today. We really appreciate it. Go pet the doggies for us, okay?
4: Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks, all Charlotte. Right. Thanks, guys.
0: Bye. Bye. I'm so happy for her. You know, uh, uh, we spent a lot of time with Charlotte over the last couple of years. because She didn't live too far from us. And uh, this... It's much more difficult to search for a horse when you're a para rider, you know, Mm -hmm. she's paralyzed from the waist down. So she has to have a horse that can accept that and can accept that she's not going to use leg, right? So she has to have a horse that's uh, trained to a certain level and she wants to be an Olympian. So you have to have the horse that has that potential, but also is at a certain point already. Remember
2: um, that list we did earlier on the how to find your unicorn. Yes, yes. Charlotte had parameters. She stuck to it. Yeah, she, she needed the the right parameters. <laughs> She had horses that she couldn't do maintenance on because it was too much. <laughs> she had vettings done. I mean, all of the things she did would have completely put this list to shame. Um, yes. <laughs> the, the complete opposite. But again, when you're a parrot rider looking for a horse that you can ride without using any leg and also go to the freaking Olympics, I think you have a right to be paid.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And she waited and she found the one, you know? And in yeah. the meantime, she went and she went to the top levels of CrossFit while she was waiting. So it's not like she sat around doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know, she she's very she's an amazing person when you see some of her pictures and stuff at her house. I can't
2: house. believe she's still friends with you.
0: <laughs> when you Weird. see some of her pictures, she used to be a marathon uh rider. She used to be a marathon biker and she had the kind of bike that you would sit in it's real low to the ground and you pedal with your hands. Um, and she used to do marathons that way. I mean I think I could maybe get a quarter mile with one of those bikes. Then well, you have a hard. bike. It's an electric bike. And I, I yeah, upset. and I don't yeah, I can get a marathon I can do a marathon on my electric bike. I can. I can
2: do a marathon in my car so <laughs> look at that we're amazing
0: hang oh on auditors gosh. we're gonna be we're gonna be back hey I do have a note there's no live shows the next couple of days we have brand new shows for you they're just not live so um, tomorrow is Fox hunting there'll be a new brand new fox hunting show I know that Tara and Jennifer did that recorded it. it's ready to go for tomorrow and then Jamie's gonna be here with Debbie filling in for me don't worry we're just taking the weekend off we're gonna go do something fun so uh, Debbie He's going to be here filling in for me, so there will be a brand new show. It'll be out in your feeds. It just won't be live. Uh, and then next week, we're back like normal. So I, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Thank you to everybody that joined us today in the show, all of our sponsors, Stateline Tech, especially our title sponsor, and head on over there right now to start taking a look at the blankets you're going to need. You know, they're practically free. You know, it's like they're free.
2: It's the, they're free,
0: Glenn. As Jamie says, they're free. It's like they're free. Get your ads in also for really bad ads to Jennifer at com. Hang on, auditors. We'll chat for a minute.
2: Bang, neuter, Geld, you guys.
4: I'm going to wake up. <clears throat>
0: We are out.
2: I just saw Mima says, is anybody else concerned about the 2020 season finale?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a good meme this year, (laughs) hurricanes and fires and all that kind of stuff. Hey, does the coronavirus and all the fun things. Who was it that posted? There was one post on the auditor room I wanted to chat with you about, and it'll probably come up. We're doing, by the way, the uh, WTF show tonight at 730 with Helena and Nikki. So we'll be doing that tonight and answering some non-horse related uh, problems that our poor uh, listeners have. Uh, Let's see here. So uh, one of the bridges I just saw coming across into Panama City in Florida uh, had a crane. They were working on it. The crane is now across the bridge. Uh, Is it
2: with the casket that's floating underneath? Is that what they were doing with it? (laughs) The
0: hurricane took the crane out, which took the bridge out. Nobody's using that bridge for a while. Um, So who was it that posted that she was saving for a truck? Did you see this post? She Or no, she's trying to pay her truck off. And they're living very frugally trying to pay their truck off. But this year they wanted to do a very certain vacation, but she didn't know if she should spend the money or use the money because the, the vacation would have been the price of one truck payment. And they're trying to pay the truck off early. And they, they were trying to decide what to do with the money, pay the truck off early or go on this particular vacation that they're probably not going to be able to do again for a while. So, and of course, we're all enablers here at the Horse Radio Network Auditor Room and, and everybody and gave the answer that I would have gave is go on vacation. I think if we learned one, and I, I got thinking about Leslie, what Leslie said. Uh, by the way, there is a report update on Leslie. Uh, she posted yesterday that her mom, And for those that don't know, Leslie's mom and dad were in a bad accident. Her dad passed away, and her mom had multiple, like, 12 broken bones. Apparently, she posted that her mom had two surgeries and now is on her way to rehab and is doing better. I don't know, you know, physically better. I don't know, emotionally better. But um, So I was thinking about Leslie, and I was thinking about what she said. She said, you know, do the things now, you know. And I got to thinking about that post and went, is a car payment worth not having an experience? You know, you're going to have car payment. I don't care how much you want to pay off your car. You're going to have car payments for a long time. I just, I... I s- a,
2: let, me, let me ask. I got the money guy sitting next to me. And uh, Chad, would you rather go on a vacation with a bunch of money you just got, or would you pay off your truck? How good a vacation he says.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you know, and that was the answer of most of the most of the auditors said, "Look, go for the. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, you know." And I think that's one thing we've all learned a little bit this Life year. Life is haven't? short.
2: Buy the horse.
0: Uh, you know, this year especially, I think we've all learned that, haven't we? That you know, I, and in my case <laughs> too, you know. Yeah, uh, just
2: ask what's the interest rate that you're paying on the truck payments. <laughs>
0: he would ask that that's
2: a, my math yeah he's right such there. a math
0: nerd <laughs> what's the
2: interest rate Where where is the potential trip um, <laughs> if it's 2% or lower pay off, go on vacation he says if it's 2% or if it's over 2% you need to pay off the there truck. is
0: nobody over there is nobody under 2% in the horse world on their loans does he Glenn. forget who horse people are
2: <laughs> yeah right yeah. I, lo- I love it didn't I love he marry it. I love one you're like having this emotional like life is short take the
0: vacation yeah, my husband's vacation. like what's the interest rate <laughs> in? <laughs> Take the vacation. (laughs) You know, but then there are those stuff people and those experienced people. We've talked about that before. There are two different groups. Uh, You know, Jennifer's both sides, both sets of parents are stuff people. Uh, And, you know, I don't know. What do you
2: mean stuff people? What do you mean? They'd rather
0: have stuff than experiences. Their houses are full of crap.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I know how you feel about it, and yeah, twelve sets I, of I China.
0: What do you do with twelve sets of China?
2: Ch- tchotchkes, man. I'm like,
0: <laughs> No, she's
2: asleep right now. She's taking a nap. But going okay. through my mom's house, you can't even get through it because you can't even set your t- plate down on the table because there's so many tchotchkes. And I was like, Mom, where did this come from? And she's like, oh, I don't even know. I'm like, if it's not even special to you, throw it away, get rid of it.
0: <laughs> we're because that's you and I are stuff people, or or we're we're experienced people. We're not stuff people. Jennifer's mom still wanted to. We have a set of china that she gave us. It's worth a fortune, by the way. We looked up the plates. The plates are worth $150 each just for the plates. We have the whole set of china, like for eight people, as with everything. The soup tureen now, is like $500. P- Get, ask us me. where it is.
2: Yeah, I would just sell that. I mean, that's <laughs> what I would do. Yeah,
0: and the only reason we haven't is her mom, right? So, um, but. Guess where it is? It's in totes. It's been in totes through 10 moves that we've had. It's never come out of the totes. Because who would you want to use $150 plates <laughs> with your kid no. around? No. No.
2: no. <laughs> no. My mother in law keeps trying to give me china, and I'm just like, no. She's like, I have six sets for you to choose from. And I was like, why do you have six sets of china? Get rid of it. And then she has these yadras and all this stuff collected in all these different places. And there's just like cases of tchotchkes. And then another case of my mom collected that when she was there, you know. And but like, oh my God. I told Chad, I was like, someday you're going to have to go through this. Like, you guys have to do this. I and know.
0: Jennifer's in the I, same I boat like, with both of her sides. And it's going to take dumpsters out front, too. I mean, there's so much yeah. garbage in there.
2: But I feel like Antique Roadshow should be like, uh, come to Oklahoma because I can, my dad sent me a bunch of stuff i almost said garbage but i was like stuff and i'm like man i, I don't like i don't want to throw it away because it i'm sure it's expensive i don't want it maybe i can antiques road show it <laughs>
0: <laughs> there are auction houses probably a lot of them in oklahoma you can send it you would be like, like i'm too. so
2: sorry but you're gonna have worse. that
0: you build a big house and over time houses get f- filled with stuff
2: oh i know i know it's a, it's a it's an ultimate fear of mine, especially at Christmas, because people just love to give you crap for Christmas. And so what I've done the past couple of years is just ask for gift cards of experiences. It's funny you say that because I was like, we don't want my presents. We want gift cards for experiences in Oklahoma. I'm new to Oklahoma. Let me get a gift card. And I got like a regal movie gift card. And I was like, perfect.
0: Again, I'll experiences, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. And and then I didn't get anything else except for Chachki's, and I don't need another coffee table book about horses. I'm good. <laughs> I'm flush with those.
0: All right, I'll I'll, I'll uh, take back the briar I bought you this year.
2: Oh no, I will always take those. <laughs> <laughs> I have a collection of famous racehorse briars. They're all, I've got you, Forgo and citation and American Pharaoh and Yada thing, secretariat the stuff
0: thing. Do you think that's a generational thing? Like our oh, there's black
2: caviar. Yeah, it is. I, I just, I'm like clear the counter, just clear it. Well, you set this up there. I don't No, I don't want that. I don't want that there. Thank you. I don't want anything. <laughs>
0: and her Jennifer's uh, stepmom, bless her heart, she's the nicest person in the world. But she she reads books. She's an avid reader. I mean, reads books every day, all day. She's tired, and that's what she does: reads books. But she she gets all these paperbacks and will not get rid of them. So the uh. there must be thousands of books in that house. It's like why? why? For Christmas,
2: you get her a membership to
0: Audible. Oh, <laughs> she finally did do Audible, but still, those thousands of books are there. I, it's just like why give them to the library do something with them
2: you want to know something really creepy okay really creepy my mom's friend has a doll collection
0: oh i hate doll like collections the they are creepy
2: plastic faced ones and my oh, mom says she walks in the room and floor to ceiling this woman must have 10,000 oh. dolls and um they all have those eyes you know like if you, you lean them back the eyes close and you up put them straight up the eyes open and it just she's like it's i just can't go in her house
0: it's oh, I just can't. Scary. Uh, yeah, that doll collection's dry. That, uh, we're agreed on that one. Because <laughs> there aren't any cute ones. They're all got those weird faces that look like they should be in the Chucky movie.
2: Chucky ruined it for everybody. Well, yeah, I think
0: that's true. I think that's partly true. All right, well, I'm gonna let you go uh hang out with your husband. um thank you everybody for joining us today. Really appreciate it. as I said, no live next couple days, but there will be shows brand new ones for you and that's all I got. We're gonna okay we're gonna take a little time off together, unlike the last time. so that's it.
2: All right, cool. See you, bye.